What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to the 68th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Prince Andrew episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Annie Kelly, Julian Field, and Travis View. His Royal Highness, Prince Andrew, Duke of York, Vice Admiral of the Royal Navy, Knight Grand Cross of the Royal Victorian Order, and subject to none, save perhaps three Q-drops. Uninteresting even to our favorite anonymous Chan lad, the prince mostly receives shrapnel when the Anons clumsily meme-bomb the British royal family. It doesn't help that the first Q-drops about him, the now infamous picture with Epstein victim Virginia Jouffre, seems to confuse her with Rachel Chandler, an unrelated woman who is often baselessly accused of being a child trafficker. Not one to be caught up in past mistakes, Q resurfaced the prince in March of 2019, making the outrageous claim that Prince Andrew is deeply connected. Military intelligence, indeed. This week, we have UK correspondent Annie Kelly on the show, and we're going to discuss the prince and his family on the eve of another general election across the pond. Hello, Annie. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Of course. uh, You are part of the family. How are you doing? And secondly, how is the atmosphere over there? Oh, (laughs) Um, I've actually been, well, I think, yeah, pretty much everyone on the left has been incredibly busy for the last couple of weeks because we had the snap election. Yeah. Cooled. There's not much time now, although it does seem like every day is longer than the last in the run up to this. I think probably the most interesting thing um, is because we had an election two years ago is just how different the atmosphere feels. Um, It very much felt like the media weren't really taking Jeremy Corbyn that seriously two years ago. It was kind of presumed to be a wash. So you could say they sort of dropped the ball slightly. And so we have kind of rules, broadcasting rules, which mean... um, that during the run-up to a general election, you have to be take extra precautions essentially to make sure that your broadcasting isn't biased in any way to any of the parties. Um, and it felt like they played by the rules two years ago, and this time round they are not doing that. So yeah, so it's one of those things where I've had to uh, basically mute the BBC um, on Twitter for self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they took a cue from our from our American journalists. Yeah, but at least they do hard-hitting journalism on Prince Andrew, which is important. That is actually true because it did feel that interview did feel like a rare moment when the country was actually united mm. <laughs> um, in taking down this scumbag. <laughs> they were like, yeah. well, "We can yeah. agree on that." <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be jumping right into that, but before that, QAnon news. First up, uh, QAnon pushing congressional candidate banned from Twitter after tweeting that Congresswoman Ilhan Omar should be hanged. So, ah, heart, I got heartburn. You yeah. heartburn? Yeah, I got heartburn from listening to that headline. Jeez. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Twitter suspended- actually was in pain. He looks, <laughs> he's actually wincing. Wait, are you actually? It's both. No, it's real. The, are you the okay? pain is okay. real, but it, it, it was triggered by that. <laughs> All right. It's going to get worse. So, brace yourself. Uh, Twitter suspended the accounts of Danielle Stella a QAnon-promoting Republican candidate hoping to challenge uh, Democratic Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota next year after she suggested the congresswoman should be tried for treason and hanged. 
Uh, one of her cool. tweets also included a stick figure of a uh, stick man hanging from the gallows. Oh, just some ASCII art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, some, just some, just a little little just, drawing. Just that some she, ASCII just art. Just in case people didn't know what she meant when yeah, she right. said that she should be hanged. <laughs> this is the same woman who was uh, arrested for doing something cool, which is stealing shit tons of stuff from what was it Walmart? Oh, it's the same woman. Target. Target. Sorry, shoplifting from Target. She, excuse me. Correct. She is a fucking absolute lad. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> she she does it right. It's a problematic fame. <laughs> yeah, right. She did that speech where she uh, was just clearly on like methamphetamine or something. Yeah, just she screaming just, at the top of her lungs, like incomprehensibly. Yeah, just had words coming out before the next one, like just shuffled out of order. It was fantastic. Nice. So the tweet referred to unsupported and baseless stories that Omar was recruited as a Qatari asset who gave information to Qatar that was given to Iran. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the office for the congresswoman called the stories outlandishly absurd. Um, those tweets led to both of Stella's uh, accounts, her personal and her campaign account, being suspended. Uh, Stella responded by saying this in a statement. My suspension for advocating for the enforcement of federal code proves Twitter will always side with and fight to protect terrorists, traitors, pedophiles and rapists yep. wait so the federal code would put ilhan omar on the on the, the so do they would hang her well, according the federal, to the code? yeah the federal code would make it legal to make death threats so, yeah. <laughs> this, this this woman is is cuckoo bananas yeah, i mean she, she really <laughs> yeah she's absolutely fantastic uh congresswoman omar also responded to the incident in a tweet on saturday this is the natural result of a political environment where anti-Muslim dog whistles and dehumanization are normalized by an entire political party and its media outlets. Stella took to Facebook to complain about it, where she she is still she has an account, and uh, so so I guess uh, I guess I gotta give it to Twitter on this one. And comparing the two platforms, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's probably you know liking and and smiley facing her comments on. I'm Facebook. gonna give them nothing. Oh, I'm gonna bully one and push it in a locker, and I'm gonna give a swirly to the second one and tell it you got off easy, okay? Uh, and I'm gonna stand Ilhan Omar, except for that that whole like not voting just present on the whole uh, right the genocide, genocide of the Armenians that I just mm-hmm. that please, was a weird one. Uh, you know, look. not to sound like a resistance person, but uh, do better. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, every look, everybody's got their problems with you know the Armenians, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, look, I mean, okay, Jake, okay. Oh, I like where you're going with this. All please right. continue. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. Uh, a lot of hatred ahead, has levied Jake, my speak way for yourself and not the podcast. Go on. <laughs> He's king. <laughs> what Jake I doesn't know is that, that we're the number mean. one podcast in Armenia, in Armenia. <laughs> and we just destroyed <laughs> hey, our hey, audience. Hey, look, I lived in Little Armenia. Okay, these. What are, the fuck does that mean? Look, look. Oh I, yeah, I lived in in a uh, Chinatown, man. I these are my fr- <laughs> these are my friends, Armenians and Jewish people. We have a lot in common, a- actually. When you when you dig beneath the surface. I'm not entirely certain that's true, but it's... Edit edit all of this out. (laughs) (laughs) Our second story. Chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party retweets QAnon account. Former Arizona state senator and current Arizona GOP chair Dr. Kelly Ward retweeted a QAnon account on Saturday. Uh, The tweet was from QAnon promoter at Swampy's 8th, so named because he has seven previous accounts suspended. Oh, my God. So the tweet itself didn't reference QAnon. It just contains sort of a short animated video mocking uh, Congressman Adam Schiff. But it, this is, um, you know, this is just another instance of a Republican leadership boosting QAnon. 
Uh, so this yeah, is yeah. The uh, Republican Party seems like it's behaving incredibly healthily right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All, all of these news stories seem like a healthy party. To me. <laughs> yeah, they're they're each slowly but surely yeah. embracing QAnon. I even saw there's like a um like a conservative version of Seth Abramson who's who is like a big Spygate guy. But usually that was his only thing. He was like only Spygate. But now he's been retweeting accounts that have three stars after it and, and you know, WW1WGA <laughs> hashtags in, in the bios. My yeah, God. who knew that the Koch brothers, uh, you know, pushing money behind the Tea Party would eventually lead to the protocols of the Elders of Zion becoming the Amazon bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is unsurprising behavior from Ward, who has earned the nickname Chemtrails Kelly in Arizona <laughs> because of her promotion of baseless conspiracy theories. Uh, uh, Chemtrails Kelly sounds like a really fucking cool. That's like a SoundCloud yeah. rapper. Yeah, sounds like a sounds like a you know the lead singer of a punk band or something. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, also remember that, that that FBI intelligence bulletin that named QAnon as a possible source of conspiracy theory driven extremism was issued by the FBI's Phoenix field office. So they seem to be particularly uh, worried about uh, QAnon extremism there in yeah. uh, in, in Arizona. Um, you know, it seems like Arizona and Florida are the two big hot spots for QAnon activity. And bless them. Oh, that's interesting. How? Why is that? Is it like a older population or something like that? That might be it. I, there's, I mean, I think that Arizona, just the heat, just and then the the vast yeah, swaths of empty brain. land just yeah. bakes people's brains. <laughs> yeah, and the swamp just like it's like slowly the the moistness gets into your brain and and starts to create moss. The fumes. Yeah. I, I have an I have another theory. You know, okay, the, go on, these, um, <laughs> I'm sure this is gonna be good. These places uh, both are known for you know high indexes of heat and extremely fast internet. So when you have, <laughs> <laughs> so when you have people yeah. where it's too hot mm-hmm. to go outside, yeah. and you've got computers with megabytes in whole megabytes thousands millions uh, per second millions of megabytes you're gonna have a lot more q followers yeah that's that's a bad mix Mm -hmm. it's true if the memes hit you at a certain velocity Uh at a certain angle if your data isn't capped i mean you're (laughs) you're riding you are riding the 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 wave of bandwidth uh, all the way into the shores of QAnon. (laughs) Uh, also this week uh we have a few new q drops uh there there are q drops uh that that include uh, pictures of QAnon followers from south korea and iran and uh, there's a lot of mainstream media bashing but uh this was new uh there was also a promo for a movie that came out this year and Here's what that Q drop said. Sometimes a good movie can provide a lot of truth and or background, official secrets, relevant today. Enjoy the show. Q. <laughs> it's almost like I. It's... In theaters today. <laughs> yeah. In theaters today, grab your popcorn, buy your tickets online. <laughs> Fandango.com. <laughs> yeah, so here Q is re- uh, referring to the film Official Secrets, which was released earlier this year and stars Kiara Knightley and is directed by Gavin Hood. Uh, it tells the true story of uh, of a UK intelligence agency employee, Catherine Gunn, who leaked a... <laughs> That's not a real fucking name. It really is. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and she leaked a secret memo exposing an illegal spying operation by the United States looking for information on United Nations diplomats who were tasked to vote on a resolution regarding the 2003 invasion of Iraq. 
Uh, so that so the film seems to be ki- kind of in line with Q's theme of like out of control and corrupt deep state doing wherever they want. Yeah. But the bad guys in that film are the NSA. And that, that doesn't quite align with their, the general QAnon view that the NSA are the good guys, but the, the CIA are the bad guys. Right. It might be the, like the longest sort of movie promo ever. But yeah. what the funny thing is he's literally <laughs> basically, you know, helping the Hollywood pedos. Yeah. Like mm, sell yeah. their shitty movies. Mm. Like, I mean, in his terms, obviously. I'm not saying all of Hollywood are... Pedophiles. There must be at least one or two people here that aren't. But uh... <laughs> look, he went. Look, he went. To, he went to the theater over the weekend. Joker was sold out. The only other movie that was playing at the time was this, something he hadn't yeah. heard of. Mm. He saw it, you know, was like, oh, man, he's yeah, like, there's good like, Q material. Yeah. This is the and first movie I watched since uh, The Godfather yeah, 3. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like when you see something good and you want to go online and be like, well, you know, this is just my opinion, but I I, I really enjoyed <laughs> this film over the weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my parents actually went to see that movie. They recommended it to me. I was oh, well, ne- slightly nervous. They've been radicalized. Yeah, you might want to check the browser history. It was well reviewed. Yeah, check well the browser history. Check if they've had any pl- trips to Florida recently. Moloch update. So many have asked for updates on Moloch the Owl, who was tragically hit by a Cadillac Escalade a couple of weeks ago in Big Sur, California. That you were riding in. Riding. That's the key word. I keep hearing people on Twitter saying that I hit an owl with an Escalade. That's not true. I was in the passenger seat. Yeah, but in this write-up, you removed yourself from there. I just wanted to make sure that everybody removed knew myself that from were, what you were in the car. <laughs> okay. Well, he was. Trashy. You're an accessory <laughs> to the fact. <laughs> um. Moloch was uh, subsequently trapped in the grill, then freed, and finally abducted by the SPCA. Thank you all for your concern. We've had a lot of people write in to say, you know, um, Moloch is is great and good and holy and their new god. Um, after a brief stint <laughs> indoors, he was moved into an outdoor area after exhibiting signs of recovery. He no longer has blood buildup behind his right eye. The SPCA has uh, been conducting test flights with Moloch, during which he remains tethered to a line, uh, an act called crayoncing. Now, it's been going well, but he still exhibits some wonky flying patterns due to the lingering effects of the concussion he received from somebody uh, who was not me, again, not driving that car. Another session of crouncing is going to happen soon, followed by a simulated hunt, which brought me to the existential uh, realization that I saved an owl, but that he was then going to be rehabilitated by feeding him innocent mice. So I don't really know what anything means anymore. Circle of life, my friend. We must support Moloch because he's uh, now officially making money for the podcast by being our mascot. So, yeah, fuck the mice, I guess. And uh, hail Moloch. Um, So, yeah, he will be released uh, hopefully in the coming weeks if all goes well. The SPCA kind of want to wait for the storm to clear before Moloch is greenlit to spread his wings again. I'll keep everyone updated as I find out more. Hi everyone, it's your friend Annie here. You may not have heard from me in a while because I've been on the run from the EU's banana police squad after I purchased some suspiciously curved fruits on the dark web. (laughs) However, recent events with the royal family have forced me to come out of hiding and do my journalistic duty. 
As you may be aware, Prince Andrew, the second son of the Queen and eighth in line for the throne, has come under scrutiny in the last couple of weeks for his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. Though the connection has been known for a long time, serious allegations have been raised by at least two of Epstein's victims about the Prince's involvement in prostitution and sex trafficking of minors. The Prince sought to dispel such allegations with an interview on the BBC two weeks ago, which can only be described as the second worst car crash in the history of the British monarchy. <laughs> oh, God damn, Annie. <laughs> go for it. Just go for it. Oh, Hell Absolutely yes. give it to him. <laughs> Yeah, when I was writing when I was writing that line, my boyfriend was just like, "Ooh," and I was just like, "Too much," and I he was just it. like, "It's an American audience." Yeah, okay. it's okay. And we've yeah. I've written a, I've prepared a story for later that that is e- equally as bad, if if not worse. So you're safe, Annie. You're correct in nice. thinking that we feel nothing, and uh, <laughs> this is the only way. This is the only way we can, you know, experience any media as if there's horrifying allegations made. I mean, it's literally like, you know, hang your opponent on Twitter time. So, yes, go for it. So you would have made that connection because you stayed with him. You were a visitor, a guest on many occasions at his homes, and nothing struck you as suspicious. Nothing. During that whole time. Nothing. Oh, my God. Look at how many times he blinks. Just for the record, you've been on his private plane. Yes. You've been to stay on his private island. Yes. You've stayed at his home in Palm Beach. Yes. You visited Gellin Maxwell's house in Belgravia in London. Yes. Oh, my God. So in 2006, in May, an arrest warrant was issued for Epstein for sexual assault of a minor. Yes. In July, he was invited to Windsor Castle to your daughter, Princess Beatrice's 18th birthday. Why would you do that? Holy fucking shit. I have to delete my story. It's not as fucking horrible as the real thing. (laughs) (laughs) So as you may also know, uh, the UK has very, very strict libel laws, which can make reporting on accusations against the rich and powerful very difficult. The team here at QAnon Anonymous also hold out hope of gaining knighthoods for our services to truth and justice at one point, and we wouldn't want to do anything to jeopardise our close relationship with Buckingham Palace. Absolutely not. (laughs) So let me just state for the record here that I believe Prince Andrew's version of events totally, and echo our Prime Minister's sentiment from a televised debate aired a day after the interview that... The institution of the monarchy is beyond reproach. Just, just, a, just an absolute fucking dipshit. <laughs> How the fuck is that guy prime minister? And Trump is ours. <laughs> fucking just cool world, man. You can tell. The worst part about that clip is you can tell he's fucking enjoying saying that. Like he knows how, know. A, like what he's saying is stupid and absurd and horrible, and he's enjoying it. He loves it. I know. I mean, what was really weird was that, like. It was a very active audience for that debate. Um, And the question was, is the royal family fit for purpose? And Jeremy Corbyn said something like, they were doing like a quick fire round. So Jeremy Corbyn said something like, "Um, it could do with a bit of improvement. And that got laughs and claps. And then Johnson said that line. And there was just like this silence. Do you know, like there was a couple of groans, but like everyone was like, did he really just say that the day after this? But then people clapped. Um, yeah, I mean, then yeah. a bunch of people clapped. Uh, was... <laughs> They're clapping. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please, Queen. Please bring it all back. I want it all back. Uh, yeah. God, I'm so See, scared. Yeah, the problem really isn't the royal family or the president or the. It's our fault. It's <laughs> it's all our fault for just being uh, creatures of 
suffering and punishment. We need we need we love to it. be yeah. overthrown. Yes, it's it's just in our nature, you know. Yeah, we need we need a reverse yeah, revolution. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you might have some problems there, but like I really cannot state just like how servile the British people are to rich people. It is just yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, astonishing. Yeah, well, we are too. I mean, but I mean, I sh- Kim Kardashian and her family are the most popular people in America. Yeah, they're the real problem. That's true, but at least they're good looking. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. I don't know, man. I'd rub one out to Boris. What? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. But even with endorsements like those, it seems as if the British public isn't buying it this time. A YouGov poll released last week found that only 6% believe Andrew's account of his friendship with Epstein. (laughs) He has officially been relieved of all royal duties, and most heartbreakingly of all, the Queen has cancelled his 60th birthday celebrations for next year, opting instead for a more private dinner. Oh man, that is... Oh, Oh, mum! Mum wants to have my birthday party! (laughs) Me birthday! (laughs) Oi! All I, what, I was molesting young girls for years and now I don't get a cake. <laughs> I believe his accent is probably a little bit higher class than that, Julian. Whatever. This, to me, seems to be cancel culture at its worst. <laughs> and so it seems then that it falls to me to do what no other reporter dares to do and make the case for the prince's defence. I'm going to go over the evidence here today with a forensic scrutiny mm-hmm. and explain how there's probably a perfectly innocent explanation for all of this. In Prince Andrew's own words in that interview, one of his biggest faults is that he is actually too honourable. But this only tells half the story. Among royal insiders, it is well known that when Prince Andrew was much younger, an old woman visited his castle seeking shelter from the storm. The prince, who was then young and arrogant, refused, failing to realise that she was a witch. She cursed the prince to always do the right and honourable thing, but always look incredibly shifty and dishonest talking about it. Well, I think that the date that we have uh, for that uh, 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 shows that I was in uh, Boston, uh, or I was in New York oh my um, the previous day, <laughs> and I was at a dinner oh for God. the Outward Bound Trust uh, in New York, and then I flew up to Boston the following day. And then on the day that she says that this, this occurred, she, they'd already left in, uh, to go to the island before I got back from Boston. So it, it, I don't think that could have happened at all. There was a witness there, Johanna Stolberg, who says that you did visit the house in that month. I probably did. I don't think I've, on one of the weird things, I was staying with the um, uh, because of the, the, what I was doing. I was staying with the consul general, <laughs> which is further down the street uh, on on Fifth. So I wasn't I wasn't staying there. I may have visited. But I, but but may have popped in for no. a rape. <laughs> definitely, 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 no, no, no activity. This guy is horrible. No activity. Oh what does that? Yeah, no uh, activity. Listen, I wasn't doing it's any pedophile activity that time. Uh, no, no other activity. Times, of course, um, on and off activity with that. But I think um, not, not that no. day. According to my calendar, so pedophilia was, was a different day. You could see my calendar. I was down, down the street. And then let's see. I th- 
was in Florida, and then maybe I was raping the girl, and then uh, see. But before that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. did nobody prep him for this shit? No. Like, this is so, absolutely it's so shit. Fucking bad. I know. Shit. At like, this. dude, fucking fucking FBI agents are going to use this tape. Uh, <laughs> prosecutors are going to use this tape uh, in school from now on to show you what a human being looks like when they are lying. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they'll yeah. be like, "Notice how he blinks fifteen times and rubs his uh, rubs, rubs his chin." <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a weird way mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah it's funny that you should say you know did no one prep him because um a story came out recently actually that apparently he was explicitly advised by his pr advisor not to do this interview um and they quit when he was just like no i'm gonna go ahead uh you know like yeah um so, because yeah, they probably was... have spoken to him for like eight <laughs> yeah. seconds. Like there, there's an yeah. account that I came upon. Uh, it was like an, a recently released article. And it was a, a, a young woman who was at a party with him who walked up to him, said hello. He looked down at her boobs and just went and, and motorboated her. <laughs> Just Jesus right Christ. off the bat. And then, but apparently, like, sh- she just describes him as just being such a dork. He's like, oh, what is this, a motor, motor something? And, like, couldn't find the words for motorboating. And thought it was very, very funny that he did that to her. And said that she uh, looked like she should be in a magazine for big-breasted women. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? What is he? A fucking thirteen-year-old boy? Yes, absolutely. Yes, he's a big baby fucking monarchist. Like that's what it. What yeah, do you want? I, you I, put I, him in diapers. He's eighth to the throne. He's never going to be anything. His mom just cancels like, his fun. birthday party. Yeah, yeah he's thirteen years party. old. Absolutely, thirteen is old for him. <sighs> All right, go on, I'm, Annie. Sorry. I mean, yeah, I know, I know that sounds true, but I really do have to point you back to him being too honorable. Um, yeah, that's right. I think that Fair kind enough. of. Puts, the, puts that story in a He would never life. say something like, um, you look like you should be in Hooters or Big Naturals. <laughs> He's always like, big, big-breasted big women, you big booby magazines, I'm sure they exist. Large, large-ish. <laughs> that is just how British people flirt. It doesn't sound strange to me. So there you have it. What looks like bad lying from an overprivileged aristocrat who's never been challenged on anything on his life before can simply be explained by a common enough case of simple witchcraft. But, I hear you say, what about the photographic evidence? After all, possibly the most famous claim that Andrew made in this interview was that one of the alleged victims had described him as sweating profusely, which he said could not possibly be true. She was very specific about that night. Mm. She described dancing with you and you profusely sweating (laughs) and that she went on to have bath, possibly... There's a slight problem with with the sweating um, because uh, I I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat um, or I didn't sweat at the time. And that was... Oh, actually, yes. I didn't sweat at the time because (laughs) I um, had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at. Uh, And I simply, it was was almost impossible for me to to, to sweat. And it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I'm starting Mm -hmm. to be able to to sweat again. do that again so I'm oh afraid to say that, 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 that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it so therefore. oh my god like Just, is this real like yes, do we, all, are, this am is, I watching this with yes. my real eyes and hearing what Your he's saying big for real big weird eyeballs this, this is real it was aired on British television yeah 
Um, Impossible. Yeah, if it, problem with her story, <laughs> I am uh, unable to. I now can, thank goodness. But uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my god, dude! Like, I love shit. that the to- that the Tories can be like these people are beyond reproach, and they still get fifty percent of the vote. Fifty <laughs> percent of the vote for a guy who can't sweat. <laughs> Because he had an overdose of adrenaline from the Falkland. Yeah, from the war. Yeah, right, yeah. dude. We know what, yeah, you went to the fucking secret Clinton parties. We know where you're getting your <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> I, a, I had an overdose of adrenochrome. Yeah, yeah, he overdosed on adrenochrome. He's unable to sweat. <laughs> Therefore, he couldn't have raped yeah. this young woman. I was on a, an immense amount of adrenochrome that night, and it's very unlikely that I was sweating. Yes. I prayed at least eight times to Moloch. And you see, you see... <laughs> It didn't take long, though. In fact, this was happening as the interview was going on for enterprising social media users to find evidence to the contrary, including a nightclub picture taken of the prince from around this time where he appeared to be perspiring pretty heavily. Once again, it looked as if it might be an open and shut case. Unless part of Prince Andrew's famous code of honour that has brought him into such trouble is to blame. It certainly makes sense to me to think that perhaps the prince aware of his own privilege in the perspiration department, decided to fake sweating for that event, perhaps getting one of his loyal manservants to pour a bucket of water over him right before the picture was taken, so as not to embarrass his less gifted companions. What if all that picture says is not that Prince Andrew is a lying sex criminal, but that he's simply a true man of the people? That's not the only photograph our royal hero is having trouble with, though. I I, I don't know if I've met her. But no, I, I have no recollection of meeting her. Because she was very specific. She described the dance that you had together in Tramp. She described meeting you. She was a 17-year-old girl meeting a senior member of the royal family. Never happened. She provided a photo of yes. the two of you together. Yes. Your arm was around her waist. Yes. You've seen the photo. I've seen the photograph. How do you explain that? I can't. <laughs> Because I don't, I have no, I, again, I have absolutely no memory of that photograph ever being taken. Do you recognise yourself in oh, the photo? Oh, yeah, it's pretty difficult not to recognise yourself. <laughs> Your friend suggested that the photo is fake. I think it's, uh, from the investigations that we've done, you can't prove whether or not that photograph is uh, faked or not because it is a photograph of a photograph of a photograph. So it's very difficult to be able to, to, um, to, to prove it. But I, I don't remember that photograph ever being taken. But it's possible that it was you with your no, arm around That's me, but, but whether that's my hand or whether that's um, the position, I, I, but I don't, I have simply no recollection of a photograph ever being taken. The world has now seen the photo that yep. Virginia Roberts provided, taken by Epstein, we understand, in Ghislaine Maxwell's house. Well, here's the problem. I've never seen Epstein with a camera <laughs> in my life. I think it was Virginia Roberts' camera. She said a little Kodak one that she lent to Epstein. He took a photo and your arm well, is round her listen, waist. I don't remember, I don't remember uh, that photograph ever being taken. I don't remember going upstairs uh, in the house because that photograph is How taken you know upstairs. If you've never um, been upstairs. And I'm not entirely convinced that, I mean, that is, that is what I would describe as, as, as me in, in, that, in that picture, but I can't, we can't be certain as to whether or not that's my hand on, on, on her, uh, whatever it is, left, left side. You think 
that... Because I, I have no recollection of that photograph ever being taken. So why would somebody have put in another hand? You see, in the 12th dimension where the photograph was taken, <laughs> uh, my hand must have been a re mere reflection from the 7th dimension, yeah. uh, trickling in, uh, of course, which is why I have no memory uh, whatsoever of the event. Because, see... I was in the 11th dimension looking at myself, looking at many versions of myself. <laughs> and now for my next argument. What is a hand? What is a hand? What does a hand even mean? No, you see, uh, during that period of my life, I was uh, completely transparent because of the war. You see, you see, light traveled straight through me. I could not possibly be photographed. This requires light, yeah. so yes, it's uh, possible. The, the invisibility cloak in the famous Harry Potter books was actually based on my skin no. uh, from the time. No, 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 no. Have you ever seen The Addams Family? Now, in The Addams Family, there is, of course, famously, a hand, a disembodied hand, and at the time, in Epstein's mansion, they were filming, yes, of yes. course, as we all remember, yes, you see, The Addams Family. You see, this was not special effects, you see. This was an actual hand that had gained uh, <laughs> no, intelligence. No, 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 that is my hand, but I'm not sure I recognize her waist. Yes. No, no, that is her waist, but I just don't think that's actually Virginia. It's impossible, because... I've never, I've never was upstairs. I never saw the the, st the double stairway leading to the the hallway upstairs with a vase and, and just looks off screen. Artwork. Just lo looks off screen in the middle of the interview. Line, line, please. <laughs> Dude, this is fucking insane. bad. This How is does so he? Bad. I love it. He must have just been halfway through, and the BBC people in the fucking control room must have been just oh. rubbing their hands together in <laughs> absolute glee. It's just smack in their lips. We will have the highest rating since. <laughs> but you know what's really weird is that he finished this interview and went to his team and apparently reportedly said like, oh, it went really well. It went great. God, how <laughs> arrogant do you have to be? He, he obviously prepared nothing. He's yeah. just like, I'm just going to go out there wing it. I'm not going to get my story straight against the accusations that I'm a, I've been associated with a pedophile and have been, you know, uh, had sex with an underage girl. You think you just like take two seconds to get a, a story straight. Even if, even if he was innocent or guilty just 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 it's so fucking just lie I, I think just I, lie with confidence that, like <laughs> like is that is that is the picture photoshopped absolutely yes uh, my, all, my entire team has dissected it and yes it is 100% photoshopped that's right. all you have to say instead of yeah. well it is a photograph within a photograph in the 11th dimension of another photograph and so therefore you cannot <laughs> like I, I think uh, I think this finally answers the question of how stupid do you have to be to not be allowed to hang out with Epstein. And it's somewhere between Prince Andrew and Trump. Right, that is, yeah. that's the line. There's a line there somewhere and he's like, I'm sorry, you're too dumb for pedophilia. You cannot hang <laughs> with us. The prince, gifted as he is with powers of knowing what the upstairs of a house looks like that he's never been to, <laughs> is sadly stumped with this question. Why would somebody have put in another hand? Belonging to someone who looks exactly like him, but who was dressed in different clothes in a photograph allegedly taken by a man who never took a photograph in his life. <laughs> who could have such powers of manipulation? And why would they use them against the prince? Who, as I must stress here, I believe to be completely innocent of all wrongdoing. It's here that I start to wonder if something even more sinister is at play. Perhaps something deeper than we're prepared to handle. What if the reason our Honourable Prince Andrew kept Epstein, a known paedophile, so close was because he was working on a secret operation to blow the whole sordid network wide open? It makes perfect sense. 
To begin to untangle this operation, you would of course have to implicate yourself, perhaps by visiting Epstein, say, three times a year, flying in his private jet, inviting him on casual shooting weekends, that sort of thing. Perhaps you would even send coded messages to your fellow operatives, possibly on an anonymous message board of some kind, just to try and get the truth out while retaining a veil of secrecy. See, Annie, your country is now. learning. Your yes. country is slowly learning. I can see I can see your brain growing heavy with mist. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking into the dark side. <laughs> I can picture it. Prince Andrew sat in Buckingham Palace on a laptop, desperately trying to think of a code name that won't give away his true identity. And he looks up to see the first letter of his mother's title embroidered on a tapestry. It's the perfect cover, or so he thinks. Of course, as we all know, the deep state won't give up without a fight. And so our noble prince must endure these smears, all while fighting against the forces of darkness that surround him. Thank goodness he still seems to have the enduring support of his family. And if it ever gets too much, the delicious cheese pizza is available to him at Woking Pizza Express. That was the other thing, right? He said that night he was at home eating pizza? Yeah. Yeah. No, he said he said he said he went to pizza. He was oh. at Woking Pizza Express, oh. which is Pizza Express is like a pizza chain that's yeah. very famous and yeah so, in the UK. So he didn't even get it delivered. He just <laughs> he didn't even get it delivered. <laughs> he went. And also, what's weird is that like nobody, like you know, if you worked at Pizza Express, which is just like there's one in every single town, like you would remember the time that a royal, a member of the royal family, came in, right? Like someone yeah, would be right. like, oh yeah, I remember that night. That was when like the royal like when Prince Andrew came in, but nobody has, which just seems unusual. I just love it. You know, it's amazing to me. I mean, <laughs> this goes back to Julian, your your hypothesis earlier that he's just a big diaper baby boy, because it's like, when you think about the answers that he gives in this interview, it's, it's like a child who's gotten caught red-handed and is lying. Like that answer where they were like, well, yes, uh, uh, Epstein, you know, uh, she had given him her camera. Or, he, or she was like, yes, Epstein took the picture. And he's like, see, the problem with that is I never saw Epstein with a camera in my life. Like that's the <laughs> yeah. worst fucking answer. Like, yeah. oh, no, here's here's yeah. how I can uh, uh, like save myself. I never saw him hold a camera ever. <laughs> the like, gravity <laughs> in Epstein's uh, house travels is much stronger and so light is bent downwards. And so it's actually impossible to take pictures there. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a vampire. Therefore, I should not show up in pictures or mirrors. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Just incredible guy. What a fucking prince. What a king. Yeah. What a future king. <laughs> if this guy doesn't kill every, like, the seven people in line before him and take the fucking crown by end of year. Julian will be very disappointed. Yeah, I want to see this guy's king. He'd be fantastic. The truth about Prince Andrew. As many of you know, I'm the historical facts guy on the podcast. I always try my best to save Jake from rabbit holes and red pills. And lately, perhaps due to the upcoming British elections, Jake has been particularly vulnerable to untruths about the United Kingdom. I've heard him make wild claims like, quote, anyone with a bloody conscience would vote Labour. And, quote, the Tories have bodged early access survival games, but Jezza will make them great again. You know, <laughs> cheeky rubbish like that. So I've decided to bring him some facts about the royal family that should help him keep his feet on the ground. 
Now, for this purpose, I consulted respected British historian David Icke, whose work shed some light on the recent BBC interview with Prince Andrew. Through my research, I discovered the real reason Prince Andrew was unable to perspire or display public affection in 2001. He is a descendant of the Draco, an ancient reptilian bloodline that has ruled over mankind for millennia. I know him. I know it well. According to a scientist working for famed scientific repository Quora.com. Oh, yeah. I love that site. It's a great site. Quote, reptiles do not sweat. In order to sweat, you must possess an endothermic metabolism and sweat glands. Reptiles have neither. They are exothermic, commonly referred to as cold-blooded. Editor's note, this explains the lack of affection in public. They have no way to control temperature other than to change their immediate environment. Now, I googled reptilian age of consent, but was unable to find more information on the matter. Oh, I've got tons of stuff on that. <laughs> yeah, you, wanna, you got stuff? Okay. If you want to talk later, I can, <laughs> yeah, so I, I I can forward some of my research. Okay, I don't want to talk later, but do email me. Okay. Um, in his 1991 treatise, The Biggest Secret, David Icke exposed the royal family's true nature, despite, in his own words, being told by friends, quote, for God's sake, don't mention the reptiles. But how exactly was David... <laughs> But how exactly was David able to predict what we all now know with 100% certainty about Prince Andrew, that he is a reptilian shapeshifter? Well, here are the basics. As open-minded scientists are now confirming, creation consists of an infinite number of frequencies or dimensions of life sharing the same space in the same way that radio and television frequencies do. At the moment you are tuned to the three-dimensional world, or third dimension, and so that is what you perceive as your reality. Some people, everyone, if the truth be told, can tune their consciousness to other wavelengths and connect with information and consciousness operating on that frequency. We call this psychic power, but it is merely the ability to move your dial to another station. It is from one of these other stations or dimensions that the serpent race, the Anunnaki, is controlling this world by, quote, possessing certain bloodline streams. But as my research continues, it is clear that the fourth-dimensional reptilian controllers are themselves controlled by fifth-dimensional entities. Where does it end? Who the hell knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It sounds off the wall, but the truth usually does. So it is thus worth considering whether Prince Andrew is also a pedophile in the fourth and fifth dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> or if those are considered akin to international waters where you can have an innocent sleepover at your friend Epstein's. There's also the question of the recently surfaced photos of Prince Andrew visibly sweating, photos taken during the same period as the alleged 2001 incident. Now, if real, they appear to contradict the claims he made in the BBC interview. But using David Icke's theories and basic deductive reasoning, one can easily understand such complex matters. Prince Andrew is not fully reptilian. He is, in fact, a hybrid, simultaneously capable of sweating on underage girls and not sweating at all. Mm -hmm. Here's a passage from David Icke's book on the evolution of the bloodlines and the resulting hybridization program. I think the reptilian genetic stream operates throughout the universe, and they are not all malevolent. Far from it. I'm identifying a particular group of them, not the whole species. I cannot emphasize this enough. This controlling group came here from the Draco constellation and elsewhere. And this is the origin of terms like Draconian, a word which sums up their attitudes and agendas. They love to consume human blood, and they are the blood-sucking demons of legend. The vampire stories are symbolic of this, and what is the name of the most famous vampire? Count Dracula! 
The Count symbolizes the aristocratic reptile-human crossbreed bloodlines which the reptilians possess from the lower fourth dimension, and Dracula is an obvious reference again to Draco. The reptilians operate a pincer movement on the human race. Uh, their physical expression lives under the ground and interacts in the underground bases with human and human reptile crossbreed scientists and military leaders. Uh, they also. <laughs> oh my god. They also emerge to engage in some human abductions, uh, but the main control comes by outright possession. The crossbreeding program, uh, via sex and test tube, uh, is described in the Sumerian tablets and the Old Testament the sons of God who interbred with the daughters of men. These hybrid human reptile lines carry the reptilian genetic code and thus can be far more easily possessed by the reptilians of the lower fourth dimension. Uh, as we shall see, these bloodlines became the British and European uh, aristocracy and royal families. So, as you see, Prince Andrew's physical structure is the result of cross-breeding and not just, as we previously believed, inbreeding. Although inbreeding did also occur because... The reptilian bloodlines are seeking to maintain a genetic structure which allows them to move between dimensions and shapeshift between a human and reptilian appearance. Uh, once the genetic structure falls too far from its reptilian origin, they can't shapeshift in this way. In the interview, as we all remember, Prince Andrew's rapidly blinking eyes bulged and his tongue flicked back and forth, <laughs> much in the same manner as a reptile's. <laughs> <laughs> oh god the evidence is overwhelming it's funny because yeah. it's true <laughs> mm. this this may have been caused by the contamination of his blood by repeated contact with underaged humans now that certainly would account for the fact that he now seems to be sweating full-time uh, because I consider myself an evidence-based researcher, I've even found a first-hand account of the goings-on within the royal family that could potentially shed some light on the matter. It comes from Arizona Wilder, a former mother goddess and longtime performer of satanic rituals for the royals. Here's what she told David Icke about some of the highest-ranked royals. The Queen Mother. She's cold, cold, cold. A nasty person. None of her cohorts even trusted her. They have named an altar brackets mind control program after her. They call it the Black Queen. I have seen her sacrifice people. I remember her pushing a knife into someone's rectum that night the two boys were sacrificed. One was 13 and the other 18. You need to forget that the Queen Mother appears to be a frail old woman. When she shapeshifts into a reptilian, she becomes very tall and strong. Some of them are so strong, they can rip out a heart and they all grow by several feet when they shapeshift. The Queen. I have seen her sacrifice people and eat their flesh and drink their blood. One time she got so excited with bloodlust that she didn't cut the victim's throat from left to right in the normal ritual, she just went crazy, stabbing and ripping at the flesh after she'd shapeshifted into a reptilian. When she shapeshifts, she has a long reptile face, almost like a beak, and she's an off-white colour. The Queen Mother looks basically the same, but there are differences. She also has light bumps on her head and her eyes are very frightening. She's very aggressive. Prince Charles. I've seen him shapeshift into a reptilian and do all the things the Queen does. I have seen him sacrifice children. There is a lot of rivalry between them for who gets to eat what part of the body and who gets to absorb the victim's last breath and steal their soul. <laughs> I've also seen Andrew participate, and I have seen Prince Philip and Charles's sister Anne at the rituals, but they didn't participate when I was there. When Andrew shapeshifts, he looks more like one of the lizards. 
The royals are some of the worst, okay, as far as enjoying the killing, enjoying the sacrifice, and eating the flesh. They're some of the worst of all of them. They don't care who sees them at the rituals. They are what they are, and they show it outright. They don't care if you see it. Who are you going to tell? Who is going to believe you? They feel that it is their birthright, and they love it. They love it. So, yeah, as you can see in this, uh, Prince Andrew is not even, uh, he doesn't even have a cool reptile form. He's just a base reptile. Um, so that's too, that's a little sad for him. But these accounts of the queen seem highly accurate. I mean, they describe the same aggressive and frightening behavior she exhibited when refusing to throw a birthday party for Prince Andrew just because he's a pedophile who unconvincingly lied on national <laughs> television. And by that, of course, I mean a reptilian human hybrid of the Draco and or Anunnaki bloodline. Um, so many following the Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein sagas are asking themselves, how can we protect our children from these nightmarish ruling class predators? Well, those concerns are valid, but not as valid as David Icke's concerns about an even more sinister plot. Children being indoctrinated into feeling comfortable with anthropomorphic reptiles. Children's movies and television series are awash with reptilian imagery. Mario Brothers is based on the idea that the dinosaurs were not wiped out by the meteorite, and in fact the impact created a parallel dimension where the dinosaurs continued to live and thrive and evolved into intelligent humanoids. The film's heroes go into an underground passage where they fall into that other dimension and battle with humanoid dinosaurs to prevent the invasion of this dimension. The children's series Barney is about a friendly reptilian and mutant ninja turtles are amphibian reptilian fighters of crime and injustice. Dinosaurs in the early 1990s was a children's television program about a lovable family of dinosaurs, interestingly called the Sinclair family. One of them is called Earl. Cartoons like Dinosaurs, Mutant League, G.I. Joe and Dino Powerhouse also include intelligent reptile beings. A coincidence? Of course not. A coincidence that I watched every single one of those shows? Also not. <laughs> not a coincidence. <laughs> I absolutely love that he somehow watched the Mario Brothers movies, which is like, mm -hmm. that is a very specific approach to Mario Brothers, just watching the movie and being like, as we all know about Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. very bad movie. He, yeah, one of the few to watch it, uh, one of the few to uh, gain intelligence from it. Yeah, but like, so, I mean, it does actually go deeper than that because you, they've got loads of little lizards in like the Mario games, like Cooper and... Mm -hmm. Cooper and Trooper. I, I'm not sure what their names yes, are. Yes. Yeah. The little, the little turtles. The little turtles. Yeah. They're Koopa, quite lizard-like. Little turtles, little mushrooms, all the Koopa kids in Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, he's turning, yeah, pulling radishes out of the ground, turning into a fucking yeah. Uh, yeah. raccoon, well, spinning whatever through the, the air. Whatever the fuck yeah. Yoshi is, I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, yeah, Yoshi's a reptilian for sure. Mm. He eats eggs. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He eats eggs? He eats, eats eggs, like eats reptiles? mushrooms, eats turtles, spits out the shells. I mean, he's a, you know, he's probably one of the uh, sixth one of the dimension worst. reptilians. Yeah, he's one of the worst. He He's open about so fragile. You know, he gets children. scared. He runs away, falls into a pit. You know, you can't get him back. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible to get him back. It's impossible to get him back. Fucking Yoshi. Uh, you get a panic attack when you see him running faster <laughs> than you away off the screen, possibly yeah. to his death. Absolutely. Uh, well, besides for Forbidding our children from watching 90s television, what can we do on the eve of a new decade about the satanic cabal of pedophilic elites controlling our world? Well, knowing that they're serpents belonging to an ancient satanic brotherhood is a good first step, obviously, but what comes next may shock you. The answer to our predicament is love. David Icke, near the end of his book, explains I don't hate these reptilians. 
I want to love them because it's what they need so desperately. Their behavior can only come from a lack of self-love because only by loving yourself for what you are can you begin to truly love others for what they are. So I love you, Queen of England, Queen Mother, Prince Charles, <laughs> Prince Philip, Pindar, Henry Kissinger, George Bush, Edward Heath, and all the rest. If these people would only love themselves, this nightmare and their nightmare would be over. Until they do, their heart connection to their infinite soul, pure love will remain closed and they will continue to manifest these same attitudes and this behavior. So hopefully this information will keep you and Jake on the right path. Using science and facts, we can defeat our enemy. But if we close our eyes to the truth, we are doomed to remain lost until the entire planet is transformed into a little St. James terrarium replete with heat lamps and plastic rocks. Man, I feel smart. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, that... I, that was a bit of a yeah. science overload there. Yeah, yeah. my brain is, Too much is, information. is heavy with facts. Yeah, we might we might lose some of our audience just from the level of um, intelligence. The high level ideas. Uh, I love that his list here at the end includes Queen of England, Queen Mother, and then in the middle of all the names before Henry Kissinger, he includes Pindar, who is like like an ancient demon. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm guessing George Bush is a reptilian too. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, George Bush is a is a reptilian as well. He doesn't really say which Bush though. I mean, I guess their family. Oh no, the whole family. It's a bloodline. Whole family. Whole bloodline. Whole family reptilians. Yeah, Yeah. Jeb too. That's what Draco I mean. bloodline. Jeb is probably the the Prince Andrew. Uh, he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Yeah, his Jeb, form is more yeah. just. He's, he's a hybrid. He, like he's he's his blood. <laughs> his blood is muddled, yeah. muddled with Muggle blood. <laughs> he's a loser. <laughs> Prince Andrew's Wild Night. Right, is that what we're doing? Yep. Oh boy, here we go. That's what we're doing, Jake. Oh boy, did I write this? I hope not. I don't (laughs) think so. Double kill. The words flashed across the screen in large, gratuitous letters. Andrew's eyes squinted. He leaned forward in his easy chair that was made of solid gold. Come on, you prat! Andrew squeaked through his teeth, his grip so tight on the controller you could almost hear the plastic buckle and snap. Without warning, the giant 40-foot screen flashed red, and Andrew watched as his tiny red space marine ragdolled off into eternity. A proud but frail voice called from beyond the gilded double doors. Andrew, we're going to be late to the ball. I've left you a hundred pounds on the kitchen counter for pizza. Okay, Mom! <laughs> Andrew called over his shoulder, not taking his eyes off the screen. Fucking beautiful. A night home alone. Just Andrew, his small fluffy dog, approximately $1.4 billion worth of classical art, and a whole backlog of Xbox games he'd been dying to dig into. He hadn't even gotten to the PvP portion of the Division 2. A real shame. Andrew perused his library. Daisy? Nah, too lonely, he thought. Outer Worlds? That was supposed to be really good. Nah, no third person. Andrew scoffed as he scrolled through what seemed like an endless list of games limited to two or three genres. Despite the brightly colored tiles with enticing artwork, Andrew couldn't help but feel a sense of profound emptiness as he scrolled through his catalog. Bzzz. His phone vibrated across a nearby priceless bust. Andrew dove for it. 
anything to distract him from the realization he had sunk likely thousands of dollars into games he would never finish. He picked up the phone. Yo, what are you fucking doing tonight? Andrew recognized the voice immediately. Jeff, what's up, mate? Dude, fucking nothing. What are you doing? Eh, not too much, mate. Just, uh, here at the palace, uh, playing some video games and stuff. Uh, why? What you got? Apparently there's this fucking party at the Eiffel Tower. Could be chill. Could fucking blow. I don't know. I'm bored. Andrew looked at himself. He was wearing sweatpants and a purple Gap sweater. No condition for going out. Plus, tonight was an Andrew night. Vids, pizza, and, if he was being honest with himself, some porn on his phone. A couple inches away from his face as he brought himself to orgasm in a dark room alone. <laughs> <Just> absolutely <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> no, man. I would, but I probably should stay home tonight. You know, got to hold down the fort with mum at the gala and all. I'll catch you later, though, man. Have fun, Andrew said as he threw on some pants and a button-down and told Jeff he'd be downstairs in 15 minutes. He didn't really want to go out. It wasn't his style. On a Tuesday night, to go rage at some touristy club in a secret compartment within the Eiffel Tower. In fact, in his mind, he wasn't really going at all. That was it, he thought. He was just pretending to go out. It's what people did. Andrew stood nervously on the private roundabout, waiting for Jeff to pick him up. Jeff was a loose cannon. One minute, they'd be laughing and telling stories. The next minute, Jeff would be out cold on the floor, having been knocked out for saying something totally offensive to either a complete stranger or even a close friend. Jeff had a habit of getting knocked out. A lot. <laughs> After a couple minutes, Andrew saw the headlights reflecting off the long, perfectly manicured driveway. A white Bentley pulled to a stop in front of them, and the back door swung open, revealing Jeffrey Epstein in a crisp white button-down with a 49ers cap turned backwards on his head. What's up, you fucking bitch? Epstein laughed and beckoned for Andrew to join him in the back of the car. Andrew, a little hesitant, leaped into the Bentley and asked the driver to insert an auxiliary cable he had brought with him. As the tunes blared, Epstein shouted towards the driver, To the Eiffel Tower! Andrew was used to it. This was how transportation for rich people worked. Hop in a car, yell a destination, and a network of people will accept middle-class salaries to make it happen for you. Andrew felt ashamed as he commented on the stench of the driver's unwashed uniform as he and Epstein cackled to one another. After a couple minutes, Epstein gave Andrew a cheeky look before producing a bag of marijuana from his jacket pocket. You want to smoke this chronic? Andrew felt his heart skip a beat. If there was one thing he knew to be true about himself, it was that he, Prince Andrew, never did drugs. He thought back to the police officers that had come into his school when he was just a lad and taught him about where his life could end up if he chose a path of drugs. Um, no thanks, Andrew said as he extracted the oily concentrate from the marijuana and freebased it out of a small glass bubbler using a blowtorch. The wheels of a sleek private jet skidded off the runway. Andrew watched eyes wide as the pulsing city, literally breathing with life, got smaller and smaller beneath them. Epstein was trying to scratch a white, crusty substance off the leg of his pants. The sound of his nails scratching against the rough denim echoed deep into Prince Andrew's ears. He was losing it. He should have never taken a dab that big. Who was he trying to impress? Some rich punk like Epstein? He was a prince for goodness sakes. A fucking prince! In his mind, he wasn't even here. He was home alone, munching on pizza, and finally getting some decent gear in Neverwinter. That's where I am, he said out loud as he sprinkled LSD into each one of his eyes and removed his shirt. <laughs> Andrew peered into the fourth dimension as the landscape crawled by his motionless airship. Dude, you are so fucking faded. He could barely make out Epstein's outline. His vision seemed to flex and blur. He was falling, falling backwards into infinity. 
Here, take this. The silhouette he was fairly certain was Epstein pushed a small pile of white powder towards his nose. No, no, stay back, Andrew yelled. The words came pouring out of him. I've had enough. This is not who I am. I am not some sort of ne'er-do-well hell-bent on destroying my temple with the devil's gunpowder or anything else for that matter, Andrew declared as he licked his finger, dipped it in the powder, and inserted it directly up his asshole. <laughs> his eyes mutated into two large dinner plates and a pained expression gripped his face. The next thing he knew, he was walking into a secret elevator at the base of the Eiffel Tower, feeling fresh as fuck. Prince Andrew's swag was on a hundred thousand million. The cocaine was a hundred percent doing its thing. And he was also adamant that he was not fucked up in the slightest and was, in fact, still totally sober, sitting at home playing Fable 3. He was in his fifties, after all. He barely ever drank. He remembered about himself as he leered at a bartender, pouring a gin and tonic down his throat. <laughs> he glanced around the room, searching for Epstein. Despite Epstein's ability to manipulate Andrew into doing drugs and other things he never would do otherwise, Andrew considered him to be one of his best friends and would do anything he could to protect him, alive or dead. <laughs> <laughs> the mood of the party had begun to shift. Out of the corner of his eye, Prince Andrew could have sworn he saw what looked like a forked tongue flicking in and out of some sweaty partygoer. Andrew was dry as a bone. After a military accident had rendered his glands useless, Andrew enjoyed the comforts of a perspirationless body. He casually walked up to a young woman who couldn't have been older than 18 and confidently blurted out, I don't even drink, really. I don't like to party at all. And I'm certainly only interested in women my own age. He laughed, taking the girl's cell phone out of her purse and adding his number to her contacts. <laughs> Just then, Epstein appeared with shaving cream smeared all over his face. He was wearing a Grand Armée uniform and reeked of booze and dope. Dude, fucking, we should go to this after party. What after party? Prince Andrew yelled, exasperated. Oh no, dude, people are saying there's an after party. Prince Andrew crossed his arms firmly across his chest. No, I'm sorry, but no, I want to go home. I've more than met you halfway tonight. A prince shouldn't be associated with such late night tomfoolery. I don't even drink. Epstein sighed. He hung his head and stuffed his hands into the pockets of his jacket. Dude, are you really fucking telling me that you, the Prince of fucking Wales or whatever, don't want to come to a party in the fucking catacombs with a convicted sexual predator like me? It's fucking unbelievable, dude. Andrew hung his head. He knew Epstein was right. A man in the public eye, royalty, such as he, had every right to do whatever he pleased and suffer not one single consequence to show for it. He decided tonight... He would take a break from his mild-mannered, respectable lifestyle and really cut a rug with his pedophile pal. Just this once, Andrew winked and remembered the three other times this past month he and Epstein had raped underage girls. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. And it gets worse. I'm so sorry to everybody. My mom, my dad, my, my, my new nephew. Sorry. The torch burned bright as Prince Andrew and his friend Jeff made their way through the dark catacomb corridors. Andrew brushed aside large globs of cobwebs, and the two descended further and further into the darkness. Jeff was looking at his phone, an annoyed expression on his face. Dude, fucking, they said it would be right here. All of a sudden, a strange chanting startled the two men. Mors ultima linea rerum est. Mors ultima linea rerum est. Mors ultima linea rerum est. Jeff's eyes lit up. 
He took off towards the sound of the chanting voices. Prince Andrew rolled his eyes, chuckled, and took off after him. Here we go again. The men emerged into a large chamber. About a hundred people were scattered about, drinking dark-colored wine out of golden goblets. At least, it looked like wine. Andrew recognized some of the people from the bar, but now, in the light of the torch-lit cavern, he could see their long, scaly snouts and thin pupils. A couple of them waved their long, shiny tails in his direction. A shady-looking guy in a robe winked at Epstein and motioned them over. Epstein nodded, gestured to Andrew, and the two of them snuck into what looked like an ancient bathroom. A handful of humans and reptilians were huddled around the sink, taking a live human baby out of a plastic baggie. A couple of them looked annoyed when Epstein and Prince Andrew entered the room and closed the door behind them. Andrew? Andrew's face turned pale. The voice was unmistakable. Mum? Everyone looked at the queen with bated breath. This was incredibly awkward. The queen fumbled a bit. It's, it's not as it appears, dearie. This is just, well, a once in a blue moon sort of thing. Andrew exhaled with relief. Yeah, um, same with me. The queen let out a little bit of a smile. Well, I suppose eventually we'd have shared this together, so might as well be now. You're old enough. She said, handing him a razor blade. Bottoms up, said Prince Andrew, slicing into the baby's adrenal gland and slurping oh the God. thick, silvery juice oh, out of it. What? Baby cannibalism. We can't what? do like, full is... descriptions of baby yeah, cannibalism. Well, come right. on! No. Well, we, uh, Annie could get sued. She's in oh, that country. Okay, okay, okay. But can I just... There's like two... I have like two more lines. That was the worst of it. It's, it's over, okay? Okay. Let me just right. finish the story, please. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see where it was. Okay, so... Prince Andrew then handed the child to the queen, whose skin crackled and molted as she seemed to grow two feet taller, leaned in, and began to tear at its flesh with her crooked teeth. All right, and come on. No. No, all right, all right. That's what? It. Okay. Oh, come Wrapping on, you guys. Come no. on, please. There's just one, there's one last, there's one last little section, and then it's done, I promise, okay? All right. Make it not gross. Okay, okay. The other people in the small cramped restroom with wild rage in their eyes took hold of the innocent child and began ripping it All limb right, for limb. Said. <laughs> you said. Okay. I thought there was going to be no more baby murder. All right. Well, we don't. This is the first story that just can't finish. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're just going to cut you off right there. There's like yeah, a I whole other paragraph no, no, in no, what no, they're no, doing no, to okay, the baby okay, and how the baby is. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we don't care. All right, fine. Fine. You so know what? People are going to accuse me of the end. The end. That's the story. I wonder what they were going to do next, but <laughs> yeah, right. unfortunately, uh, this long description here that I'm reading with my own eyes and is certainly not just a blank space uh, <laughs> planned in advance by Jake because he ran out of time last night uh, will have to suffice. Um, wow. Also, congrats on uh, being an uncle, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, the the baby. My brother had a baby and he was named after a king. Yeah? Yeah. Which one? I do not want to dox the child. <laughs> <laughs> so, Annie, do you think uh, there's any risk we get in trouble for that story? I mean, you were saying the libel laws are pretty intense over there. Yeah, they're pretty intense. Um, I would say, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe introduce it a little bit as, like, a, like, fan fiction or something like that. Or So there um, we go. It's introduced uh, retroactively by Annie. That was a fan fiction. This is a fan fiction <laughs> story written by a, a yeah. writer uh, who was um, experimenting with farce. Uh, irony <laughs> and not not asserting that any of the things happening mm-hmm. in the story were real, true, or even remotely 
close to something resembling yeah because the truth. even yeah. though it is a hundred percent factually correct that he is a shape-shifting reptile the stuff he does in the story is beyond the pale yes 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 yeah, yeah. He, he would never yeah would would never happen no because he's a failed draco the you know he's unable to per- perpetrate the crimes ever since uh the falkland <laughs> incident uh <laughs> he's been the good one in the royal family so if you think about what just in your mind right now conjure up what you think of prince andrew and what he's done Okay, every single member of the royal family is worse than that. Every <laughs> single one of them. And so, since you just conjured up him being great and awesome, they're just slightly worse, which is still fantastic people. But uh, but that is the final word, and it is the stance of the entire podcast, other than Annie Kelly, who in fact <laughs> does not hold any of the beliefs that you have heard so far on this podcast. <laughs> And thanks so much for, for, for joining us for that, Annie, and for um, voicing the queen so so well. Yeah, an absolute pleasure, yeah. to be sure. Yeah, I yeah I should have been working. I should have been watching The Crown. Have any is that, is that like a thing that your mums are into? Yeah, over here, like if you're a British mum, you're like really into The Crown. You watch that on Netflix. Yeah, my mom um, was like, "It's lovely," and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, not really." I don't, I don't really. know yeah. if my mom has watched it, but it sounds like something she might be into. Yeah, they all all mums are all mums are into it. Yeah. All moms love like the soft colonialism where they're like, Mm -hmm. but there was still love back then. (laughs) (laughs) You have been listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast. If you like the show, you can support us and get a second weekly episode for just five bucks a month. Uh, This will also get you access to a huge archive of premium episodes. Uh, We don't run any advertising and we want to keep it that way. So head over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thanks. So we're doing a show in the small, uh, quaint uh, UK town of Los Angeles on Saturday, February 8th. You can get tickets at tickets.qanonanonymous.com. You can join us to chat and hang out with listeners at discord.qanonanonymous.com. There's t-shirts, mugs, and other stuff at merch.qanonanonymous.com. And um, every now and again, I might jump into the Discord chat, you know, just yeah. to check my mic levels before going to play a game. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Rev for helping me check my mic levels the other night. Um, it was really helpful. And uh, incredible. Wow. Just <laughs> using our fans. <laughs> using our fans as like the Skype test call. Do you expect anything less? <laughs> yes. Welcome there for your absent father and, and for the guy who actually is involved with the community. Travis View. Thank you, Travis, so much for being there every day and helping the moderators run that thing. Yeah. (laughs) I I pop in occasionally. I mostly lurk. All right. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto-cue. Because it's energy, information, consciousness, Um, and not solid, physical, this reality. It means that things like shape-shifting become explainable. Because when I talk about these hybrid bloodlines, they're actually hybrid information fields. And when I'm looking at you now, I am decoding your waveform field. And you, as I'm seeing, in the form that I'm seeing, exist here, right? Now, If you were a hybrid, uh, one of these bloodlines, you could shift that other part of the hybrid field. So that becomes the dominant. 
Now as the observer, I'm decoding that one. So here, you would be something that's not human. To my experience, you have physically, solidly, uh, in, 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 uh, uh, solidity, moved from one body to another. But no, the only place the shift goes on, physically, illusory physically, is in the decoding processes of the observer.